With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this special five-part podcast series, I visit with Rod Grandin. Rod is the Managing Director of Monitoring Services for Affiliated Monitors in the Washington, D.C. area. We take up the timely topic of federal contractor responsibility for compliance and ethics. It's a fascinating five-part series, which includes an introduction to the topic, what the government expects in compliance and ethics, how small business programs may have certain flexibilities, why are people still talking about compliance and ethics programs in the federal contracting space, and we conclude with a fascinating exploration of Rod's thoughts on how to keep your compliance program fresh. I know you will enjoy it, whether or not you are in the federal space, public space, or private space. There are lots of lessons learned in this special five-part series. This five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and it is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for another episode with Rod Grandin. Rod is the uh, Managing Director of Monitoring Services in Washington, D.C. for Affiliated Monitors. We're on our exploration of uh, how companies doing business with the government uh, need to have a compliance program in place and the implications uh, if they don't. And today we're going to focus on really small businesses. So first of all, Rod, uh, welcome back. Thanks a lot, Tom. Looking forward to it. Rod, in your role uh, with the government uh, over a variety of years before you uh, came on board with affiliated monitors, you saw lots of different sizes of companies. And in our last episode, we were able to, you were able to articulate many of the requirements uh, that uh, the two uh, federal acquisition regulations, 3.1002 and 52.203-13 put in place. But one of the things that struck me was something you said early on uh, in that uh, discussion, which was that a company must uh, really assess its size and its risks and put a program in for its size and to manage its risks. So uh, what I really wanted to do today is explore that because it's certainly one thing for Lockheed Martin uh, 
to have uh, a robust compliance program, but that certainly might be very different for a company providing a much more limited scope of services or products to the government. So I was wondering uh, if you could maybe start with some thoughts around that. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, you know, the bottom line is, in my experience as a suspending and debarring official, um, well, in my experience in the government side of business, what, what my observation, this is just my observation, our major Air Force contractors, our major primes, very much understood the obligation to have in place an effective ethics and compliance program. And most of those major players in the defense market invested greatly to build these types of programs, uh, literally placing authority for these programs at a senior vice president level within the company, ensuring that there was access by those responsible for the program uh, to senior, other senior executives and to the board of directors, usually the, the audit committee or a similar uh, type of a committee within the board of directors. They literally hired or brought together uh, compliance officers throughout their worldwide operations. And then a lot of them also figured out that uh, they could use uh, other people within the workforce to help with the messaging, both down and up. Um, my view is that the major defense contractors have done a very good job putting these programs in place. They have also, through organizations uh, and on their own, have tried to promote these type of programs throughout the supply chain. And frankly, there's been sort of mixed success with this effort. Um, my view again, and this is just my view, is that the closer a business is in that supply chain to one of those major primes, the more likely, well, one, the more likely it's a larger business concern, but also the more likely that it's going to have a program, an ethics and compliance program in place it is patterned after or very similar to the primes. As you move down that supply chain and get lower into the supply chain, you start encountering uh, businesses that are much smaller in scope and in revenue. Um, and there's a host of small business concerns that populate that, uh, that lower tier of major manufacturing area. In that area, uh, there's still a gap. Again, my view, there's still a tremendous gap uh, within the small business community. Now, a couple of reasons for that gap. First, there's this provision, as we discussed in the last episode, of the regulation that Federal Acquisition Regulation 52.203-13, which is entitled Contractor Code of Business Ethics and Conduct, that exempt small business concerns from having to have in place an ethics awareness and compliance program, appropriate internal control system. It exempts these small businesses from these programs. Now, as I alluded to in that, that broadcast, businesses uh, take that route uh, at their own peril. Uh, my view is the suspending and barring official is you can call it whatever you like, but ultimately, contractors, large and small, had to have in place effective programs to promote integrity within the workforce. Now, the point is that 
These are scalable efforts. What is useful and necessary for a, for a large defense contractor is not the same as required for small business concerns. A large business contractor is going to have to hire, in many cases, legions of people to run its program. It's going to have in place a very sophisticated process for for communicating expectations, for providing training, and for developing metrics of, of effectiveness. Not so with small business concerns. And frankly, the smaller the business concern, the less that type of heavy, expensive, and burdensome infrastructure is, is needed. Um, both the Federal Acquisition Regulation and the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines, which are uh, they to some extent mirror each other, both make it very clear that small organizations are not going to be held to those same standards, uh, the same degree of 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 essentially investment and 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 programmatic structure as larger organizations. In fact, what the way the sentencing guideline is structured in its comments, it provides that small organizations must demonstrate the same degree of commitment to an ethical com conduct and compliance, but a small organization may meet the requirements with less formality and fewer resources than would be expected of large organizations. In appropriate, non-quoting, in appropriate circumstances, reliance on existing resources and simple systems can demonstrate a degree of commitment that for large organizations uh, would not be sufficient. And then there are some examples. And uh, some of those examples are, are pretty straightforward and, and based on common sense. Senior company officials have the ability in small businesses, most cases, to communicate very effectively with the entire workforce. You don't need to pay for expensive uh, communication systems. Uh, you don't have to hire people to come in to run the ethics and compliance program. You can dual hat another executive uh, simply because the burdens are not, they're not a full-time job. They require continuous thinking and fresh ideas, but it's not a full-time job. Employees can be trained through informal staff meetings, through shop walkarounds, through observation, through all hands meetings, those are those are, are are options simply not available to large businesses, but are very much available to small businesses, and frankly, are very effective in communicating uh, the requirement for integrity and performance. Um, smaller businesses can model themselves after other businesses now. I offer that as, as a shortcut, but a shortcut that also carries peril. In my experience, too often, small businesses simply go and grab something they find on the Internet, put their, put their name on it, brand it their own, but that's it. And it doesn't – whatever they've taken doesn't necessarily fit with their business operations or their operational risks. And suddenly, you have in place paper that has no practical application to the business, and usually that falls apart – pretty quickly. Um, so again, different standards come into play for the small business communities. It should not be a proposition to break the bank. It just needs to be one of thoughtful 
continuous engagement. Rod, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I've been visiting again with Rod Grandin, Managing Director, Monitoring Services in Washington for Affiliated Monitors. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow where I get to ask Rod uh, the provocative question, why are we still talking about it? Rod, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of a special five-part series on federal contractors and compliance programs. I hope you'll join us again for another episode. This special series has been sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and you can check out more information on Affiliated Monitors at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.